Welcome to episode 101 of The Roger Snipes Show. Roger Snipes Show. Do you suffer from dry skin? Well, check out Skin Serum by Keon. They can transform dry, troubled skin into a smooth glow complexion. The serum has been expertly blended with 12 organic plant-based ingredients designed to make you look more youthful, fighting the appearance of fine lines and aging. Some of the ingredients include aloe vera, calming lavender oil, hydrating ooba oil, balancing oregano oil, and more. Feed your skin the antioxidants it needs for a supple complexion by using Skin Serum. Check out getkeon.com forward slash Roger Snipes and use code SNIPES20 for 20% off. This podcast is brought to you by Clearlight Infrared Sauna. If you want the ultimate biohack, then this is it. Clearlight Infrared Sauna has state-of-the-art heating technology to produce optimal wavelengths of 360 degrees infrared heat. Traditional saunas raise the temperature from the air, but infrared saunas raise your temperature from the core. The result is deeper tissue penetration. This is the perfect way to remove toxins. It promotes healing, revitalization, penetrates fat cells, and stimulates metabolism. Clear light saunas is energy efficient, costing up to 45p per hour, virtually close to no EMF and low ELF technology. They also use eco-certified wood, so no toxic fumes when heated. You also get a lifetime warranty on a residential sauna. If you'd like to learn more about Clearlight Saunas or pick one up for yourself, then just click the link in the show notes and check it out. Yo, what's going on, peeps? I hope all is great once again. Today, I'm going to be talking about relationships. Um, this is something which I've wanted to spend a bit more time talking about because what I found on my social media is that there's a lot of people that are trying to understand relationships, trying to understand how they can uh, build what they currently have or find something new or someone new, should I say. Um, but today we're going to be focusing mainly on nurturing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the person I have on uh, goes by the name of Jillian Turecki. Hopefully I said her name correctly. She's she's a fascinating soul, to be honest. Uh, she teaches how to revolutionize your relationship and transform your love life. She's a certified relationship coach, um, which has been through her own challenging experiences, which I had sensed when I was going through her social media and kind of you know, watching videos of her talking. And I'm like, this is really fascinating stuff. Um, but not only is this interesting, but it's like, I can see from the passion in her words, she will take time to answer. And it's like, it's not your typical, you know, like a cookie cutter generic answer. It's like, this is, this is the real deal. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, basically I could see it had led her uh, to her own journey of healing and understanding. So now she shows others, you're not broken, you're only human, basically. She teaches people how to nurture their relationships and helps people to see alternative perspectives uh, when communication seems to be a little fractured <laughs> between one another. Now, I have learned from relationships that it's elementary to start a relationship, but maintaining part is pretty tricky. Having that spark of sexual attraction at the beginning is sweet. However, 
what does the future hold is the main question. Having the skill set to manage and keep your partner happy um, and yourself happy um, takes a little time and takes practice. But most importantly, it's a two-way process. So this is where communication is very important. Now, we don't delve into dating or finding a new partner, which I'd like to talk about in the future. Uh, but we focus on maintaining and, let's say, blossoming a, a, a the current relationship or fixing what we currently have. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I found it very useful, very, yeah, it, it, it gives hope to a lot of people, I would say. Um, but yeah, please remember to leave a review um, should you like the podcast, you know, give me some feedback. Give me some feedback. All right, sweet. Let's bring on Jillian Turecki. Hello, Jillian. Thank you very much for being with me today. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm very well. Very excited to speak to you because um, I've been trying to find someone who is kind of specialized in the area of relationships. I've been trying to scout around and look about and I came across your profile and I was like, wow, this page looks amazing. Like, Aww, you. yeah, you cover lots of, lots of intricate details about relationships and sometimes questions which maybe people are afraid to ask and I don't, I don't know how you come up with these ideas but you really put together these scenarios and give loads of different ways to look at it and it's just it's really eye-opening so I thought this is great you know not just your template cookie cookie sorry cookie cutter answers it's really it's it's almost like you're talking out of maybe personal experience or, um, I don't know, like an in-depth knowledge from the background study. So wh what is your background to know so much about relationships? Tell us about yourself, Gillian. Okay. Um, let's see, where did it all begin? So I um, had been teaching yoga and I've been studying yoga um, for about... Um, 22 years and uh, practice. Yeah. So practicing for almost 22 years. And I was teaching it for about 17, 18 years. Um, I would say up until uh, the pandemic began and seven years ago. So I've always been super fascinated about um, the connection between the body and the mind and how we use our physiology to impact our psychology. And, and really the study of yoga is, is the study of the mind. I mean, you use the body as the vehicle through which you understand consciousness or the mind better. Um, so it's something that it, that's always been fascinating to me and relationship has always been totally fascinating to me. Um, and seven years ago, I uh, went through a really harrowing time in my life. Um, my marriage was ending and my mom was dying of lung cancer and it was all happening at the same time. Um, and there were other things too. It was just a really, really dark night of the soul time. And uh, I definitely had one of those, <laughs> those moments. I went through a phase of my life where everything fell apart kind of thing. And uh, I um, really didn't know what I was going to do. And interestingly, leading up to that, I was having sort of a crisis of, of identity. I didn't know. Um, I knew that I wanted more. I, I thought that I wanted more through my yoga career, but I just didn't know what it, I just didn't know. I was lost. Um, and so I, my, my friend who was also a coach in my building that I live, that I lived in, in Brooklyn, New York, um, you know, she found me one day, I was sitting outside with my dog and I was 
it was very visible on my face and my body that I was going through something terrible because you can't hide something like that. And she sat down next to me and was talking and, you know, like, like I said, she was a coach and, you know, I decided to hire her to just kind of help me through that time. Um, I also was seeing a therapist twice a week at that time. So I, I, I'm, I'm a really big advocate of getting as much help as you need. And she actually introduced me to Tony Robbins, who I knew, but I, I was not in that world. I thought he was just like an infomercial, infomercial dude. <laughs> and she sent me some, some, some stuff of his that a lot you can find on YouTube now, but seven years ago, it just wasn't as accessible. And I watched something that was a recording from one of his events um, that people don't really have access to unless you do some of his trainings. And she sent me a few and I was totally reluctant and resistant. Um, but I, you know, I had nothing better to do that evening. So I put it on and I was immediately inspired and immediately, um, impacted. And that just sort of began my journey. I thought, you know, I, there was a lot, I, again, I recruited the help of lots of people and, you know, I would say that he was one of them. And so I just listened to a lot of his stuff and, it's what got me up in the morning and it's what got me determined. And I just resonated so much with the, with the technique. And I looked into um, my friends said, why don't you become a coach? And I was like, Oh God, I don't even know where to begin. And I looked into schools and I decided to do his and went to a bunch of events. And there's a really, really strong focus on relationship and one of the things that I sort of at the time unconsciously said to myself, I mean, I said this to myself, but I don't think it was as concrete as my memory of it, which was, I need to like, why am I 40 getting divorced? Um, that, you know, I know that that has a lot to do. This is the fact that I was upset about that has more to do with culture and conditioning than it has to do with reality. But at the time as a woman, being 40 and I'm getting divorced, I had all these meanings that I attached to that, like loser, has been, I'll never meet anyone, like life is over, you know, which is tragic because in many ways, life just begins at 40. At least it has, it, that's, that's been my experience. And it's been the experience of many people I know. So, um, I was determined to figure out why this relationship failed. I felt like a failure. And, um, and so I just was like, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to study everything that I possibly can about relationship and bring my past experience into it. And so that's, that's, that's the, and then ever since that day, I mean, I've been studying relationship and the psychology um, you know, male and female psychology, male and female brains, neuroscience. I, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I'm not studying in some way. I'm obsessed. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> that's sort of the yeah. medium, the medium version of yeah. how I, how it all began. So someone in your position who, let's say you've been through a relationship, which has been, I don't know, heartbreaking and, um, let's say you've been out of relationship for a long time because of it, allowing yourself to maybe discover things, figure things out, do some study, um, maybe have a holiday, relax, take time out from relationships and love yourself again and that sort of thing. And it comes to stepping back in the field, you know, okay, let's, let's get back into a relationship and you're a little bit, a little bit reluctant. You want to make it happen, but you're like, man, my last experience, it wasn't nice. I know the next relationship doesn't have to be that way, but I'm a little bit scared. What do you yeah. say to those type of people? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. There are some people who can jump right back in the game very quickly. And that's, you know, um, they have that sort of mindset. Like, it's just sort of like, next, I'm ready for next. Um, and of course, there are people who do that because they're 
they're not working on what happened in the past and they're going through some sort of denial. But overall, I think that's a really healthy mindset. Um, I, I actually think that, you know, what I had to do um, for myself, because I'm just so sensitive and it was just so overwhelming. And I, you know, I definitely stayed traumatized from that um, longer than I should have, I think, um, longer than what is actually healthy. But, you know, for people, look, the, the older we get, the kind of scarier it is to kind of jump back into another relationship because we've had more relationships that have not worked out leading to that point, you know, and there's a lot of, and there's a lot of trauma there and there's a lot of pain there. Um, you know, you can't work out all your stuff alone. You got to work it out in relationship. And so there comes a point where, you know, I would tell people, I understand you're scared, but think about everything that you learn. Cause that's really the most important thing. If you go out into the dating world and your mentality is, or your belief is it was all their fault. Guess what? It's good. You're going to, you're going to run into more problems. Yeah. But if you go out in the dating world and you're like, I see my part, I've really taken time to reflect on that. Now I'm ready for a different partner and I'm ready to be a different partner in a relationship. And I really want to encourage people to have that kind of attitude. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. And it's going to hurt sometimes, but you get the only way you're going to grow because people are like, oh, I have to grow more and do that. No, you're going to grow inside of a relationship. And um, I would just encourage people to really notice where their fear is controlling their lives. So if you're wait, really waiting to get into a relationship, then um, how much is fear controlling your life? And look, of course, there's people who, are, who really choose to be single. And I think that's a fine choice. I think it's a good choice in many ways. But so that's what I would say. You know, you're going to let fear control you or are you going to get back in there and and have the courage to show up differently in a relationship than you did in the past? Right, right, right. So they need to sit down and realize what their error was in a relationship as well, why it didn't work out um, rather than blaming. Um, would you say that there's, it's probably not like, I don't know, like maybe a system a person should follow before they can get back into a relationship, what sort of steps they should follow. Okay. They've had a few things happen in the past. Okay. What's the checklist or I need to make sure that I'm in a clear frame of mind and I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's funny. Cause I, you know, I, I wrote this heartbreak workbook um, that was based on the steps that I took, which is really for someone who, um, who's gone through a breakup that really shook them to the core. You know, not every breakup is, is created equal. Some of them, some of them hurt. Some of them are, are devastating. Right. Um, so there are steps. I think that it depends what stage you're at. So, you know, when you first are heartbroken, you kind of just have to go um, back to the basics. So if you're devastated, it can be a huge achievement to just, um, shower that day, honestly, or to eat that day, or to make sure you're hydrated that day. It depends how deep the devastation is. So the first step would be just to go back to basics, go, you know, get some air, make sure you're clean, drink a lot of water, um, eat all that stuff. So that would be the first thing. And then, you know, and then there's several more steps, but one of the things that, that, you have to do, and maybe you have to be in that stage for a while because, you know, when, when you're grieving any loss, it's grief, right? So there's many different stages that you go through and you'll be, you'll have so many different emotions. You'll feel like a victim and be depressed and then you'll get really, really angry. And then sometimes you'll be in denial. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, um, it, it really screws with your head in the beginning. So you just have to go back to basics, talk to trusted counsel, Try to stay as grounded as you can, really do your best not to isolate. And as you start to feel stronger, as time starts to pass and you start to feel stronger, and that's when you really have to start to think, okay, 
what really did happen, you know, um, because people tend to go back and forth between really blaming the other person or blaming themselves, you know, and, and feeling like a failure and you need to have more perspective and more objectivity. And that is that um, it takes two to, you know, it takes two. So it's really about seeing your part. Maybe you tolerated things that um, were things that you no longer want to tolerate. You know, maybe you tolerated behavior that um, really shows you where your deficits are in your self-worth. Um, maybe you, um, maybe you, um, maybe you, you clung too much or you were too controlling or you were avoidant or, you know, you were anxious. Maybe, maybe, you know, you thought you were a great communicator and you realize oh, I'm not really that great of a communicator. Maybe you were shut down a lot. Um, maybe you were jealous a lot and, you know, I think it's, it takes, not everyone does this, but I, I really want to encourage people to think about how they showed up, you know, and to, and to look at those things. So those would be the most critical things. And then to kind of come up with a new blueprint of what their life can be like without this person. Mm. That's, 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 that's the few, that's sort of like a, the basics to really yeah, think about. Go. Makes total sense. Total sense. Thanks for that. Um, yeah. You tend to hear stories of, it's, it's normally women that they are with someone um, with the idea that they will change them, knowing that their partner is, I don't know. Well, they, they've got hope that they, they will change their partner. Mm -hmm. Their partner's like, I don't know, an alcoholic or he's, he's gambling. He's got some problem. Um, he's not making the effort. It's just, but she's got this hope that she's going to fix him. Yeah. What is that all about? You know, it tends yeah. to, I don't really know that of men that think that they can try and fix so i mean it does happen it does. it does it happens in the reverse more than you think oh okay okay cool but it looks it, yeah it looks a little bit different it's like for men who um who have that with women in particular they sort of they seem to be attracted to the broken bird okay yeah and they want to rescue and fix and and all of that so it looks a little bit different like that um or they want to be the person who really helps them. So I used to think that it was more women too, but through my experience, I do see it both ways, but either way, um, you know, I think one of the, the, what, what, one of the things that I, that I believe to be the um, most prevalent issues inside a romantic relationship is partners trying to change each other and they're not even they're not even doing it consciously um partners trying to change each other and sometimes that has to do with they see their partner's potential like you're talking about like a woman who falls in love with an addict or some or someone or doesn't even have to be an addict someone who's perhaps he's you know he or she's very very talented but they have no motivation, right? They're not doing anything with their talent. And there's a, there's a number of reasons why, why that happens. The first would be because um, they're very attracted to this person and they want it to work. Um, but deep down, they know that it could never really work if this person doesn't get their crap together. So they're trying to control it so that they can be in relationship with them. It's an interesting thing. It's like, hmm. no, I know you can do this. I know you can do this. And so instead of being their partner's cheerleader, um, where they want the person to succeed simply for, like, for them so that they can be happy, really deep down, what they're trying to do is change their partner so that they can be happy. That makes sense. Right. I see. Yeah. Right. So, um, 
because it's then because then if they don't change well then i don't know like you know are they going to be able to show up are they going to be okay so it's a really sneaky form of control and you don't have to you know you this doesn't mean you're a bad person or even a controlling person it's just the things that we do because the alternative would be i accept you for who you are and you don't have to be anything other than who you are um and the other alternative would be, I got to go. I got to leave. Yeah, I got to end the relationship. And so those other two options are not options that the person wants to take. So they they go on a sort of an unconscious, uh, um, they, they take on sort of like an unconscious challenge to change that person. And it's always a dead end. It never works. Yeah. That's interesting. It's interesting, yeah. They do it for themselves, not even the partner who they're with. They don't really, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that person, because it's funny you say, you know, it can be the other way around because I have a friend who has a brother who is a a musician. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got great talents and he spends all his money and all this great equipment, but he just doodles on the equipment and he does nothing whilst his wife goes out and works extremely hard and taking care of the kids. And he's in dreamland, you know, he's like, look, man, you know, you need to sort your stuff out. This is, this is not good. You know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's interesting. And that can work in a relationship as long as there's acceptance around that, as long as you don't want them to be anything other than they are. And, and you have every right if you're in a relationship with someone who's, you know, not making quote unquote something of themselves, you have every right to, to, to not accept that, but you can't be in the relationship and trying to change it all the time. You have to decide I'm either going to accept it or I'm going to, or I'm going to exit it. Yeah. Yeah. But don't argue about it. Just make a decision and don't make it awkward in the relationship. Um, Yeah. What about, what, what is your thoughts on, okay, so is sex important in a relationship? Can a couple have uh, a loving relationship without sexual intercourse, oral or sensual play in any way? I mean, I've known, I've known of couples um, to be together and not have sex um, I know a, a couple that used to have sex on a regular basis. And then, um, uh, the, the guy, he got diabetes and then basically lost erections and it doesn't work anymore. And the relationship seems to be working. Um, and people that have been together for a long time and they no longer have sex. But then you also hear, um, when I've spoken to people, they say that, Sex, it's important. There's no way I'm having a relationship with no sex. It is so important. It's the most important thing ever. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Is it is it really important? Is it in between? What's, what's your thoughts? It depends on the people. And I think that you just, with your examples, demonstrated that beautifully. Sex means different things to different people. So there are some people where sex is not that important to them. It just isn't. Um, And there are others where sex is really, really important to them. So it really depends on the couple. If sex is important to two people and yet they are not having sex, it's a problem. But if there are two people who, you know, they, that's just not their connection and sex is not that important to them for whatever reason that is. And they're not having that much sex then it's fine. So it's really, really important that um, there isn't some overall, you know, everyone, um, you know, there's so, there's over 7 billion people on the planet and there's lots of different types of relationships. And as long as both people are um, in alignment with one another on the same page, anything goes. Um, so it really just depends. It, 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 of course, it becomes a problem when two people look passion, the attraction that you feel in, let's just say 
sex is important to you. The attraction that two people feel for one another in the beginning of a relationship um, changes over time. And that's okay because I think that after a certain age, we realize that all those, you know, some people get addicted to the beginning of a relationship because there's all that lust and fun. Um, and it is, it's kind of fantastic. But I think after you've lived a certain amount of years, you realize, uh, you know, it's not that, it's not because that cracked up, you know, it's like not that amazing. It's like, I don't want to live my life just having a bunch of, you know, three, three to five month relationships. I want something deeper. <laughs> I want something deeper. But passion is something that that we need to work on because passion lives in the realm of 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 uncertainty, of, of mystery, of separateness. And yet emotional intimacy lives in the realm of togetherness and friendship and all of that. And so people have to work on on passion. And then, you know, usually when sex goes in a relationship, there's a lot of different reasons. I don't know. Do you want me to get into this? Yeah. 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 That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why um, passion and sex goes away in a relationship, you know, a lot of people think, well, they've been together a long time. Yes. That's sort of like the huge, that's like the umbrella, you know, and, but there's so many things, there's so many parts to that. One could be time. Um, if you have a family and you're running a business and your mind is all that, but even that is an excuse. It's, it's, it's people stress. Stress is the number one reason. I think what I've observed, why couples stop having sex with one another, stress from work, stress from parenting, um, physical stress. Um, the, the exhaustion that comes from chronic stress, um, stress where you don't, you know, cause when you're stressed, we have like, you know, if you think of two separate states of consciousness, we have stress and then we have freedom. Let's just say where we feel alive, where we feel like ourselves, where we're having fun and they're complete opposites. And when we're kind of in our bodies and we're relaxed or we're having fun, or we're in flow, however you want to describe it, we become more erotic beings typically. But when we're stressed, everything about our physiology is like the shoulders go forward and up, our sternums get short, our bellies get short. It's like no one was thinking about having sex in those moments. They might be thinking about the release that an orgasm gives them, but they're not thinking about truly connecting with another, with their lover, with their loved one, their spouse, their partner in that moment. So stress and with stress, um, people change. They, they stop acting like themselves. And with stress, um, you know, you stop, you know, women will, for example, really need to feel safe and protected in order to truly open sexually with, with their um, partner. And so if their partner's always stressed or they're always stressed, then they're not really finding the connection. You know, women need to feel that sort of connection with their partner before they feel like opening and all that. Hey guys, my first ever paperback book, which is also available on Kindle, Your Mind Builds Your Body, is now available from Amazon. Now this book is an exercise and lifestyle book for anyone who wants a definitive and sustainable plan to transform their body and mindset. It takes you through my childhood upbringing so you can get an insight on where I came from. It also gives you all the methods which I have learned over the accumulative years, which has helped me sustain a healthy, strong, lean physique with the biohacks I recommend for longevity. The building block of the body is not just amino acids, it's the mind. This is my version of a complete guide to unlocking your true potential and working towards greatness. Visit Amazon and search Your Mind Builds Your Body and order today. So these that's really the main reason. People get distracted with their stress. Right, right. Okay. So... Um, or they so get too comfortable. 
mm-hmm. they get too comfortable. They get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in their sweatpants every day, watching Netflix and like eating their ice cream on the couch, which by the way, I love. <laughs> um, and I think that's the friendship part of the relationship, but that's not the erotic part. Mm, the passion is lost. The effort is no longer being made. It's like, yeah, we're together. We don't need to do all that fun stuff. Anymore. Yeah. Or like, you know, I don't really need it or no, you have to generate it, you know? Um, because people get so comfortable in their relationships, which is great. There's a lot of certainty, but they fool themselves into thinking, oh, they'll never leave me. Yeah. Well, what would you suggest for people like that, that really need to, you know, spice things up and. Yeah. Well, first I would just say I would have them um, first address if there's any underlying issues where there's maybe a break in trust. There's a lack in trust. Um, If they're feeling like um, their partner is either not um, protective of them or um, safe for them, or if their partner is not, is too closed, you know, not being vulnerable, you know, there's some people who are very turned on by vulnerability. And then there are others who are very turned on by, by strength, mental strength more than anything else. And so you would have to see, you know, where, what are the underlying issues? Is there, you know, has someone stopped being vulnerable with the other? Has someone been so consumed with their stress that they're not showing up as the powerful person that they once were, which is what attracted their partner to them to begin with? So that would be the first thing. And then other things, you know, making time for it. If you've got a big family and you've got a lot of responsibility, schedule it. Sorry, I know it's not as romantic as in the beginning, but like I said, that is all, you know, it's like, it's not what it's all cracked up to be and schedule it. Go on a date. I was going to mention that um, maybe a little bit later. Um, Well, might as well mention it now. Um, The whole, yeah, like, if, if you're in a relationship for so long and you, yeah, the spark isn't quite there and you're just even, you know, you might be having sex, but you're, it's, it's too routine mm-hmm. to the point where you're scheduling sex. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're going to have it a Saturday afternoon after, I don't know, you have a glass of wine and it's, you, you know exactly what positions it's going to be. And it, you just know. So it's what do you do? Yeah. So you may have to, for example, if you're really, really busy and you've got kids, you may have to keep the schedule, but spice it up, spice it up. You have to really act as though, um, it's the beginning. I don't care if you have to role play. I don't care if you have to be like, no, we're taking this one to the bathroom. I don't care. (laughs) Or the kitchen table. I don't care if um, you have to go out on a date or on an adventure. I mean, you have to, it's like, you have to co-create the magic. I don't care if you get, you know, if she wants to get a new pair of underwear or you, you know, you, you know, you buy her a new pair of underwear. It's like, it's having that openness with one another. That's really so important. Um, and, and, you know, the only, it's like when people say, well, I'm bored. Okay. Well, how are you boring? Right? Like, so if like, oh, the sex is getting boring. Okay. You're boring then. And that's really what people have to start to think. Okay, if, if the sex is getting boring, I must be the problem. And I think that if more people have, would say that to themselves, something's going on, I must be the problem. And we were, and, and people moved more towards being totally radically accountable for themselves inside of a relationship, a lot of relationships would improve or they wouldn't end. Amazing, that's amazing. How does a person uh, deal with someone else who is emotionally distant? You're in a relationship, but I don't know. Intimacy is not a problem. You know, when you're having sex, it's wild and absolutely crazy. But when it comes to sitting down and having just a, a chat about, I don't know, maybe a couple of issues, the other person can't seem to connect with you. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Does Yeah, it does yeah. make sense. There are so many nuances to this. Um, so, you know, one would be that sometimes I find that certain couples or certain people within the couple want to talk about the relationship too much. So that would be one thing that I would look for. Like, is the person really shut down or are you always wanting to talk about the relationship? Because I don't believe that it's healthy for couples to always talk about the relationship. I mean, I don't think it's healthy to never talk about the relationship. You have to have hard conversations sometimes, but a, but a really common mistake that couples make when they're going through a hard time is always rehashing and talking about the relationship. And that's a nightmare. And it's particularly a nightmare for men. Um, and I always am talking to women, uh, my women, the women that I work with who do date men, you know, and they're always wanting to like, you know, when are we going to talk about that? You know, when are we going to talk about this? And it's like, he's avoidant. No, he just doesn't want to talk about the relationship all the time. So that's one thing to look at. Um, the other thing is, you know, that does happen. And obviously if you're with someone who just will not open up, that's the problem. That's a problem. And, I, and there are people who I have to say, you know, you have to really see if this is something that you can live with because they may not be at a level of maturity, honestly, that you are in. And that is something that you have to reevaluate. Also, um, what's even more common is, um, you know, if you want to talk about something hard and, you know, you find that you're, you're in a relationship with someone who has more avoidant tendencies and, and doesn't want to talk about it, how you bring up, how you bring, how you bring it up is very important. So you could just say, you know, I have some things on my mind that's kind of bothering me and I would love to talk to you about it. When are you available? And so um, that's really important because some people get very anxious and they're like, we need to talk about it now. And sometimes you're getting someone when they're not, they haven't prepared themselves emotionally for the conversation. And some people do need to get themselves prepared emotionally before they have a tough conversation. And um, so I think that that's very important is to start up with that. Um, you could also say things like, I know this is really hard for you. I know it's really, really hard for you to open up. How about I just share what I'm feeling and what I need from you is to just, is to listen and to just give me the feedback that you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that goes a long way for someone to say to their partner, let's say, you know, one person is just not that verbal and the other one really is for them to just say, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Mm. Because one of the most frustrating things about someone who just is sort of shut down is that you feel like, I mean, are you listening to me? Do you hear me? Is there any, are you registering? Like there's no there there. So that that's, that's really important. So if you are someone who struggles with opening up emotionally and having those sort of conversations that, could build a lot of intimacy, emotional intimacy, um, for them to say, for them to become better listeners. And then to say, I hear you, I'm going to think about that mm. and I'll get back to you. Yeah. That's cool. Rather than having to do it in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. Less, less pressure on, on the individual, I guess. Cause you do have a lot of people out there that just don't talk that much. And they were never, they were never, they were never taught to have those kind of conversations. Yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Like, I don't know, like parents don't always speak to their children about that sort of subject. And then they're out in the wild trying to figure out, okay, so how do I find a partner? Okay. I found someone. What do I do from here? Yeah. Right, well, we have sex. Okay. Um, I guess let, let's, let's work that out. Okay. This is cool. This is good. Oh no, there's a problem. Like, what do I do here? What do we do? How do we talk about this? How do we resolve this? Yeah. And, uh, and they usually do what they saw their parents do. Argue. 
Yeah. <laughs> or 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 not argue like everything's always fine. Uh, so then there's some people, you know, then you'll have like two people who come together. Let's say you have person A and 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 that person was raised in a family where it's like you talk about everything. Everything is just all out on the table. You don't let any stone left unturned. And then you have person B who's like their whole family dynamic was oh, don't worry about it. That's not who cares. Move on, move on. And then you've got these people who find each other. We have to talk about this. We have to deal with it. We have to address it. No, no, no. Who cares? Let's just move on. Mm-hmm. You got to really understand each other. Yeah. Really important. Um, that's cool. What about um, jealousy issues? Um, I think that's big in in a in a lot of relationships. Let's say um, you've had some previous horrible experiences with dishonesty, and it keeps playing repeat in your head. Uh, or you might be checking your partner's phone and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. I had that with an ex. I mean, she was mm-hmm. next level, which is the reason why she's an ex. Other than that, she was amazing. She was such a great person. But it's too bad. It, it, yeah, she was a great person, but it was like, whoo, this, this, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. going to supermarket and I naturally would say good morning to people, whether male or female. If I see a cashier, how are you doing today? Oh, amazing. Have a little conversation because they're there for eight hours or whatever. It's just polite. It's nice to be nice. Yeah. But for, for her, it was like, what are you doing? Why are you flirting with her? (laughs) If it was a man, it would have been the same thing. Of course. And even if you, you know, yeah, I mean, it's impossible. I I don't know. I mean, I walk down the street. It's if I see a beautiful person walk by, whether it's male or female, I mean, I I'm only attracted to men, but I'm going to notice a beautiful woman. I mean, how can we're visual, you know, I'm going to look, can't help it. You know, I mean, I'm not going to stare, but I'm going to glance. I think we all like to look at pretty things. So it's a little difficult. Yeah, that's a night. That's impossible to be in a relationship with someone who has those kind of jealousy issues. It's impossible. And then they have to, they have to go to therapy. They have to work with a coach. They have to figure it out because you sabotage relationships that way. Um, Jealousy is really, is really challenging. I, you know, I think that in a committed partnership, I find it to be very um, useful and effective and healthy when a couple can um, have an agreement about what's, you know, what's sort of allowed and what's not allowed in, in their relationship. And it's not about what you're allowed to do, what I'm allowed to do. It's like you look at the relationship as sort of this separate entity, almost this thing that you're protecting. So when couples, I think it's important for couples to discuss, you know, whether or not close friendships, if they happen to be heterosexual, what close friendships look like of the opposite sex, um, what friendships look like with people that you, that you slept with before or been in a relationship before. And I think that that's a really, those are one of the important conversations alongside with children and money and all of that stuff and religion and spirituality that couples should have. And I think that it's really important that um, you're clear about what you want. I think that, uh, I don't think that a couple should allow anything or anyone to just to disrupt the sanctity of their bond and so you have to be sort of mindful of that you know like is it really worth me pursuing this friendship with this person you know this attractive person even though I feel nothing for them and I'm totally committed to my wife or my husband or my boyfriend or my girlfriend I don't know. Like, is it, is it really worth it? Is that going to just create complications? Um, as far as social media is concerned, you know, cause this is where I see the jealousy the most. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I see it the most in, um, women and men who date men 
who are looking at scrolling at it because you know men are much more visual than women are and so <laughs> men will scroll they just are and so they'll scroll and, and look at you know you know women are much more they want to they want to feel like protected and all of that it's not that women aren't visual but um men will look at a beautiful woman and feel tons of attraction typically women need to have a conversation with this person before they feel the attraction so um it's a really big problem porn use is a really big so this is where i see jealousy the most and um i do think it's a problem i i think it's a problem that um so many people scroll through social media looking at half naked people all night i mean that is very i do think that's a problem i think that's something that people need to address and i think that um, if I were in a relationship with someone who was constantly doing that, I would have a problem with it. I don't regard myself to be a jealous person. There's just something. So I think that people really need to talk about their values when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no one, we get into a relationship and we have to accept the fact that there's an inherent risk when we get into a relationship. And the risk is that you can get hurt. The risk is that you could get cheated on. The risk is that you will be left. The risk is that someone will stop loving you when you have not stopped loving them. The risk is that you won't get along. There's a risk. And if you have serious trust issues, that's something that needs to be addressed because at some point, like what, what, what was like what happened with you and your ex? It's like you could never do anything right. Everything you did was a problem. Yeah. So, and we have to, you know, we have to more trust ourselves that if it doesn't work out, we will be able to handle it. Mm. So jealousy, it's a big, I mean, we, I could talk another hour just about <laughs> jealousy, but I really think that people need to um, be mindful of you know, how they scroll on Instagram when they're in a relationship, even when they're not in a relationship. I think they have to be mindful of the friendships that they have with others that could potentially, potentially become an attraction, therefore a distraction from your relationship. I think these are important things to consider. Mm, Okay, cool. Mm, mm. Mm -hmm. And there's some people who they've just got, yeah, jealousy issues, to be honest. And you yes. know, it doesn't matter what relationship they get in, it's it's got nothing to do with another person scrolling on social media or having- so they're the- going to be nuts regardless. Yeah, yeah. They need to get help. They need to work on that. Yeah. What's your thoughts on, um, how do I put this in a clean way? Bed buddies. <laughs> uh, okay, got it. Wait, one more thing that I wanted to say about jealousy is that if someone yeah. has a problem with chronic jealousy, it's because they are constantly seeing themselves as less than everyone else or less than, than the other person. And so, again, that really speaks to more of a self-worth issue. And so that's where the deeper work has to go. So I just wanted to add that. Um, bed buddies, you know, I have no issue with bed buddies as long as you're not trying, you're not kidding yourself and thinking this is a relationship and it isn't what it what it is. Um, that you're not hoping that it turns into a relationship and then you next thing you know you've wasted two years of your life on someone who wanted nothing more from that. So that's yeah. what I think about that. Um, do you think that there's a, a I don't know a healthy way to stop the whole bed buddy situation be like you know what it's been a good two-year run let's call it a day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um even if it's a one month run but that's funny um it really depends on what you want mm-hmm. i would i between two people like uh, you know let's say for instance um you know guy likes girl girl likes guy they're both busy they've got really busy lifestyles it's like look i don't have time for a relationship but hey 
kind of feeling you. Let's make something happen. And what do you think will be a good like precursor to this before they get, you know, intimate? Uh, okay. Make sure that the there's a decent exit strategy. <laughs> you know? here's, here's what I would, that's funny. Here's what I would say. If you want a relationship and you meet someone and women do this all the time and they meet someone they really like, and he's like, I'm not really ready for a relationship, but let's just see how it goes. And she's like, okay, that's, I mean, that's what I don't want people to do anymore. Don't settle for that kind of connection because that's, and this is not a diss on anyone because we've all been in this place where we've, we've felt you know, desperate for connection and desperate for love. It's, it's, it's part of the human condition. But so I wanted to preface it by saying that, but what I really want to help people do is just to not be desperate. Don't settle for that kind of connection. um, When what you really want is a real relationship. That's a, that's a dead end. And I just don't want anyone betraying themselves like that anymore. Um, But let's say you find yourself in that you know, and then you develop feelings and you want it to turn into something more, but it's not turning into something more. The exit strategy is I really like you. Um, I have a really good time with you, but I want more and I don't think you want more. And so therefore I can't see you anymore. It has to be super direct, super, super clear and direct. I, um, I find it so tragic people finding themselves in these quote unquote relate, you know, false relationships, fake relationships, when, 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 when what they want is more. And then they look back and they're like, I can't believe I wasted so much time on that. I find that tragic. Yeah. And I, and I, I question if that can, I mean, I understand that part, but yeah. like, I, I question, there's many people who say, yeah, yeah, just, you know, just want a, a bit of fun or whatever. But I'm like, I don't think that's ever going to work out. I, I, I no. just don't know where two people can be like, do you know what? Yeah, we'll we'll cut off at this point. Uh, like if you find that oh, you found someone, then yeah, let's just call it a day. It just doesn't. It, it doesn't work. Like, someone gets hurt. Someone always gets hurt. Yeah. Someone really always gets hurt. Let me ask you, what about, um, I, I, I received a message on social media one time because sometimes I'll do Q&As and a person said, um, my ex wants to basically have fun with me. What do you think? That sort of thing. What's your thoughts in people just having fun with an ex? Okay. I'll say this. I'll answer this very simply. And hopefully it'll be the answer that you like. (laughs) Um, I believe in making in really trying that our aim should be to make decisions in life that make our lives less complicated, not more. And so what do I think about that? How complicated is that going to make your life? Is that going to make your life messier or is it going to make it cleaner? Amen. That's brilliant. You could just leave that there. Yeah. Leave that there. I like it. Um, what would you say about couples that are obsessed with each other? Obsessed with each other. What do you mean by that? Mm. Um, maybe acting quite desperate for each other. Maybe Mm. could be desperately in love. I don't know. I don't know. Some people just act quite, um, I don't know, maybe phoning each other all the time or just like, um, what's, what does obsession mean? Just um, like going through the person's photos, like, oh my God, wow. I don't know. Just yeah. like, <laughs> I think that's wonderful. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, I think it's wonderful. If it's reciprocal, yeah, you know, and that that's not the same thing as codependent. Codependent would be, um, you know, I've shut out every other aspect of my life and my life is the relationship very much to the detriment. You know, I'm not getting anything done. I can't focus on my life. 
Um, we rarely, we don't, we don't, um, we don't spend time with other people. We don't spend time with friends. Um, but I think that if you see a couple and if they specifically, if they've been together for a long time and they're still ooing and aahing on with each other, I think that's fantastic. I don't know if that's what you mean necessarily though. Yeah. 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 Like mm. yeah. I mean, as long as it's reciprocal, I think it's, you know, because what happens in a long-term relationship is that we stop feeling awe for our partner. Yeah. And I think the more in awe we can be of each other, which means that we have to be curious about each other, which means that we have to, we have to be like, think, oh man, there's so much more I have to learn about this person. I think that's wonderful. Mm. Yeah. We take each other for granted. I Too think- much. Yeah, yeah. Not asking questions anymore, feeling as though you know everything and yes. Not, I don't know, creating a little bit of mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and yes, we have to create mystery, but we have to also remember that the person that we're in a relationship with is very mysterious because um there's a lot that you don't know about the person you're in a relationship with, even when you know your partner very, very well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're a separate human being, like. Yeah, think about how you can barely understand yourself. I know, you think, still trying to figure out. You know, <laughs> I can barely figure therapy. ourselves out. Huh? Yeah, we can barely figure ourselves out. And then we think we have the other person all figured out. We think we're an expert on them. And that's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. I know you got to go one more question quickly. Um, what does it mean to be more conscious and mature in a relationship? That's a great question. Um, well, it certainly does not mean that you never make mistakes. Um, the way that I would see is that maturity and consciousness and being more conscious in a relationship is having a high degree of awareness and, also a high degree of accountability and a willingness to apologize immediately after messing up because you will mess up. So it's about um, not always punishing your partner when you're upset. It's about communicating, um, knowing that in a relationship, this isn't about you know, you're not trying to one up your partner. You're not trying to win debates with your partner. What you want is peace and harmony and, and love. And so you show up and you do the best that you can do to transcend all the teenager and the little child that lives inside of you that wants it your way and is afraid and plays games and you take responsibility. And I think that that is a huge part of it. Um, and, and also I, I think that being conscious in a relationship means that you're not constantly thinking about your needs and whether they're getting met or not. You are equally concerned with whether or not you are meeting their needs. Yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. I think a lot of people do get their back up very quickly when it comes into a, a little bit of an argument, a little bit of a confrontation. Yeah. It's like, wait, okay, let me, let me hear you first. Let me hear you and understand what you're saying before I answer. Some people are just straight verbal immediately. Yes. Um, straight to defensiveness, you know, and it just means like, you know, it's a simple thing. Like, I'm getting really pissed off right now and I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret. So give me 20 minutes. I'm going to go cool off and then I will return. And then partner B, instead of saying, no, you got to talk right now. You say, okay. That's a perfect example of what maturity in a relationship looks like. Right. Well, Julian, it's been amazing. Jillian, Jillian, not Julian. Yes. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very. A British name. Jillian's ah. a British name. It's a British name. 
Yes, with a J. Yes. Okay. Okay. Did you not know? <laughs> no, yes, I didn't. It's, an old, it's an old English name. Yes. Right. Right. I, grandparents. I grandparents. Billion. I am. Um, heard it from uh, as a male. Can it? Is it? Is it like a unisex name? No, Julian. Julian is male, but Jillian is female. Yeah. Okay, that's and it. And J, from what I understand from my mom, is the British version, and G is the American version. <laughs> okay. Who knows? I have grandparents, you know, a heritage in, in England. So there, there you go. Nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, where is it you reside? Um, I'm in New York City. Oh, yeah. New York. Yeah. Nice. Um, look, so where can people find you? I know you're on Instagram. What's your handle on Instagram? My handle is my name. It's at Jillian Tarecki. And then um, for those who are looking for stuff on uh strengthening their relationship with themselves, dating, being in a relationship, heartbreak. That's all on my site at JillianTarecki.com. Fabulous. Guys, you've got to at least check out her Instagram. She gives so much, so much free advice. So imagine what it would be like to have like a one-to-one session with mm-hmm. you. It's absolutely amazing. Thank you very much again. I greatly appreciate your time. Have an incredible, incredible rest of your day. Thank you so much. God bless. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome, but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.